Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. So real quick, before I jump into the conversation with this week's guest, I just want to let you know what this show is about. Really, this show is just about all the conversations we, entrepreneurs, those of us who are the why notters, have around entrepreneurship. It's the conversation that you don't typically hear because you just see those fun posts on Instagram and Facebook where we're hanging out on yachts or we're making a ton of money and driving these fancy cars when reality is that's not real life. Real life is trying to figure out how you're going to pay bills, trying to figure out if you're going to make rent this month, trying to figure out if that new client really is going to help move you forward or if they're really going to bring you down. Really anything goes in these conversations and you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on these conversations that I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs. So grab your cup of coffee, grab your water, grab your tea, whatever it is that you enjoy, and a pen and paper because you're about to take some notes. Also, be sure to share this out. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. It's so important, you know, when it comes to pricing because I think that is the biggest hurdle, one of the biggest hurdles, I think, for all of us entrepreneurs is pricing and feeling like if we say something, it's either too low or too much and we just never feel like we get it right. And so hearing that quote, my pricing is based on my talent and not your budget, it just really makes you feel <laughs> confident with whatever price comes out of your mouth. <laughs> well, and it's funny because it really speaks to like a deeper aspect of being an entrepreneur, going out and doing something on your own where you have to set your pricing. And there's sort of a, you know, psychological element to, you know, I am enough. I have value. What I'm choosing to do has value. And, you know, and so there's sort of this like emotional, psychological component. And it's almost a hurdle, I would say, that we all kind of have to sort of you stand at the front of it and you're like oh my gosh this is so scary how do i price my stuff how do i value my stuff myself really is what we're seeing um and then there's this great apex when you sort of look around and, and you're at a point where you're feeling confident and you look you sort of compare to other people and you start reading other people's bios and how they got there and you start being able to date yourself. And then that's when I feel like you're in the flow of like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I, um, you know, how I see myself, my value. And it kind of comes together and your pricing and everything feels right. And then of course you're confident about it. So then it translates to the public, to your customers, to your audience. It's like, a, a, but it's a full circle kind of thing. Like it's a big process and a big deal. Yeah, no, a hundred percent agree. And, and that's a perfect, uh, for what you do with your retail business. So tell me, how does the pricing, uh, go? How did you get into that zone for pricing your products? Because you are so unique because you have an actual physical retail location and most of the business owners I talk to, you know, are, are online only. And so I love being able to connect with local business owners like yourself to talk about 
the the mix of retail and online and pricing is so huge because you have that overhead yeah really is but you know for me i i'm kind of like a shop girl at heart um i am a huge believer in touching and feeling the product that you know i'm putting out that people are going to buy i'm all about the expense of that so my store is like a kind of a, a super reflection of that because i make there and i run my store so it's like it's really connected and people come in and they meet all of that stuff but for me like um it kind of functions as a little bit of a laboratory like i will make something I'll put it on the shelf. I'll get back. I'm really watching every move people make when they come in. It's like everything from their traffic pattern, how they move through the space, what they look at first, what they touch first, what they try on, you know, what they ask me about. Like I'm taking all that information in. So for me, it's like I get this really dense bit of data that helps me determine what's going to be a successful product is the pricing right is my merchandising right is my store layout right like i'm gaining so much intel that you just don't get online um yeah. you know you're 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 grabbing up people's online tendencies but that's not how they actually sort of <clears throat> interact and relate to your physical product so for me that like super is my my kind of knowledge about how to price and how my products are sort of working and then i had a really pivotal experience um when i started uh selling my products through a global brand called oscar oh okay. and they're like a german yeah they're a german company and they're very high-end um they're vertically integrated they own their store worldwide it's owned by one man like there's so much that i learned about how i want to do my business and their pricing is unapologetically high end and for that you get this you know supreme quality and innovation in design but it's extremely wearable um okay. and so when my products were sitting alongside these products i could really go okay this is a fit this is my customer this is the way i want to kind of do my business they have a minimalist style so it was like okay now i found my my customer i kind of found my niche so now it's like how can i have confidence to then present my products on par with this brand that's been around you know 20 years so that was a huge boost for me and because i worked at that company i could track my own sales oh, so cool. i see how much am i selling you know and that really helped to, to tell me okay del you're on the right path yeah and and you uh in the store what kind of products do you have because i know you have some bags but like there's various products you have in the store so yeah. what, do you, what do you showcase there well, I'm, I'm best known for handbags, leather and felt um, handbags that are in like my one piece sort of origami um, kind of pad pile. So I like them to fold up from one piece and then they're all held together by, by a, a belt leather strap. Um, so that's kind of my signature. And then I machine my sister brass rod closure that's on my um, handbag. So everybody kind of moves 
that's an Adele stole bag, which was, you Love know, a bag. really um, lovely, yeah, really useful, you know, as a designer to to get your signature style so early in my whole, you know, process. Um, that's what everybody kind of knows me for. But then I wanted to do a jewelry collection. I, a lot of people who work in leather will do sort of excess in jewelry and, and other smaller items, but I always had, always had the sense that they were somewhat of an afterthought or I was like, oh, they're using their, their scrap or, you know, it felt like a, a, a side thought, an afterthought. And I wanted it to be a standalone part. So I spent a good time working on really original jewelry designs. And I'm, I'm happy that they do stand alone. And I have some wholesale accounts that only buy jewelry. So that's like a really lovely validation in there. This is a product of its own, yeah. yeah. So once I did that, I was like, wow, I want to really spread across a lot of categories because I'm I'm just that kind of thinker. I, yep. I don't think in just one category or one medium. So then I thought, well, I'd love to do a home collection because I actually, my, my roots are in big merchandising for department stores. So I would do, you know, the children's section, I would do the home, I would do full top, of course, women's fashion, men's. So oh, I, I really, really, those, yeah. So I think in those kind of broad lifestyle, I would say terms. So then the next thing I wanted to produce was home goods. So um, basically it's anything I can think to make out of leather, felt, brass, and then I'm starting to play around with wood. Um, so that sort of spawned the idea of, wow, actually am a lifestyle brand. That's what I'm creating. Somebody who's like really into um, sort of a simple, neutral, modern, minimalist kind of style, um, suit quality, sustainability, um, locally made, and very original. Um, my look is just not what you see every day. And I hear that from my customers and it just lights me up. Oh, I bet. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's the cool thing. To have someone say like, this is like nothing. Yeah. And, and that's the cool thing to have your uh, bag stand out and to have your products in general stand out and being able to still have fun and venture outside of only doing the one thing. And uh, I know that for a lot of people, they can struggle with one, just being creative, but two, being too creative and having all of the things going on at the same time and really not going anywhere. Do you ever struggle with any of that? Or do you kind of plan out like, I'm focused on this for the next 90 days or whatnot? No, it's funny. I, for a long time, I had a hard time sort of figuring out where do I fit because I think in these you know multiple categories and I sort of call myself an idea machine yes. and I actually felt a lot of I'll say even shame about it like why can't I just focus on this one thing and and a lot of um you know conventional wisdom says that you know focus is like the best and people should know you for one thing and I yep. read a lot of sort of articles about that and yeah and I and I just sort of like make that work for me but all it did was kind of make me feel bad for what I now have learned to sort of perceive and appreciate is that that's just not how my brain works and that's okay. So 
now where I really just accept that I'm a very prolific designer. I enjoy that and I actually see it as a superpower now. Yes. Because I think there are a lot of specialists out there. And I think that's amazing if you're a specialist and you're incredible at ceramics, glass, or metalsmithing. That's wonderful. That's just not me. I'm in the design aspect. Um, I'm just have too many ideas and, and it is, I think, a superpower now. And I think it's something that sets me apart. I don't really know any other makers that look across as many categories as I do that are solo. I mean, every single piece comes out of my brain. I don't have a team yet, yeah. I'll say. Um, and so like, you know, it was really exciting when I kind of allowed myself to just explore and really explore the potential of my creative brain. And so it's taken me onto some amazing paths. I um, was working on a on a shoe line when, um, when the flood kind of happened. And um, that was like a really exciting process. And, and I really developed some things I was very happy with and felt like they were kind of hitting all the marks for, for what my products need to do, which is to be um, you know, kind of low labor, um, interesting patterns, very scalable, and I'll say accessible pricing. So I'm really thrilled about that. And that totally new, you know, kind of category for somebody like me that's making, you know, bags of jewelry. It's like shoes is, is kind of like the holy grail because it's so intensive and specialized. Yeah. 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 So I was really and I will return to it, so yeah. I will get back my shoe line. <laughs> well, and when you were talking about that, I literally got chills because to hear it from somebody else, the fact that it's our superpower, because I'm right there with you, with being on different yeah. levels and having that creativity just come out. And, and it is interesting because it, I think society has trained us from past generations to just focus on the one thing that we're good at. And we hear that in entrepreneurship over yeah. and over. And yes, yeah. that does make sense to some extent, especially when starting out, because you know you kind of want to see what works. But when you're so creative like we are, it's so hard for us to, to really do that. And and you, you hit it on the nail. We do feel guilty and bad because we're like, what's wrong with me? Why can I not get this one thing like everyone's supposed to? And then we yeah. realize, no, it is our superpower. And actually it does make us stand out because we are adaptable to any situation. I had a, a customer yeah. who was asking about, uh, you know, what different backgrounds I've worked with, you know, from uh, if I've worked with real estate at all. And I said, not yet, but you know what? Everything that I do is totally adaptable and I can make it work for any industry. I haven't come up with any industry yet that yeah. I can't apply whatever I, it is that we're working on. And so it's so important for us to realize that. And I think, you know, saying it out loud, what I think it comes down to just like anything is executing the right marketing parts of how we can share our skills. Yeah. And, and that's where I think if we hear those things from other people, oh, focus on one thing, we have to realize that 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 could work for us, but in our case, it's not necessarily the right fit and that we can be creative and we yeah. can have these different things, 
We just need to make sure we get the right marketing efforts in place so that it's not confusing. Precisely. Yeah. It's like there has to be sort of a thread that yes. runs through everything. And and that's kind of, yeah. And that really, um, once I kind of set myself up with the guidelines of how I want to make a product, what are the boxes I want to check, you know, which of course, like I've already said, my low labor, you know, high yield on materials, sustainability, um, getting better performance. I mean, I feel like my one piece designs make a better bag. Yeah. Um, but all of my, because they come brain and I'm, and I've limited myself on the goals and I've given myself this sort of, you know, guidelines of, of how I'm going to make these things sort of naturally and organically have a thread. Usually everybody says, like I said, they can see that it's an Adele Stoll product. And so I've sort of created that visual harmony. And then it's, I think, easier for people to understand like, oh, okay, you know, this makes sense. Yeah. I think in this era also, the, the idea of a lifestyle brand, much more understandable for people. Um, back in 2011, I had an American made store called Silo Healdsburg. And I carried clothes and ceramics and men's and all these amazing products. and. It was I, I a little early because people were like, "What is this? A clothing store? Like what?" Yeah, <laughs> they didn't get it. And thankfully, now people are educated. Like, oh, a lifestyle brand, a lifestyle. Like, I get it. It's for anything for someone who fits in a certain category, who's looking for a certain style or certain, um, you know, ethically made products or sustainable, whatever they're looking for. There's now a place where you can go, and there's mobile products for different aspects of your life will fit your needs. And that is something that is a little newer um, yeah. than it was back in 2011. And so it makes way for somebody like me and I'm really about it. <laughs> no, and that's super cool because again, you have tested the waters, you're ahead of the curve and you are providing an experience, which is something I talk about all the time with my clients and with my followers yeah. online. It's all about that experience. and. I love how you mentioned that you are following the customer journey. When they come into that store, you are watching where they go, what they do. And I've seen them in, in your store where they're taking pictures of the products and, and picturing them in, yeah. their, in their homes. And they're like standing there saying, gee, I really love the way this looks. And I'm trying to see how it would look in my living room right now and, and taking selfies. and so it's really cool because then that gives you instant it's just like we love social media for that instant gratification it gives you that instant like yeah. love that's the one <laughs> yeah it does a ton for me when i have people come in like that because i work solo you know i'm in my shop you know almost every day well i'm in there every day but almost yeah. every day alone and those like those experiences and, and my customers and the connect I make, I mean, it's everything. It, it, it fires me up and it motivates me, but like on a human level, connecting with people and hearing of where they're coming from, their trip, their new home project, their losses, their health issues. I mean, people are so open and kind and lovely. And I get to have that in my, I call my happy place, just my core. And it's, 
like a total gift um, to be able to connect with my customers in that kind of intimate, personal way. And then it's so beautiful because they go back home wherever they were from and and they will contact me through Instagram and, and they'll, you know, share something about whatever they bought. And I mean, and so the relationship continues and then they're excited about, you know, my next piece or whatever I have going on. And, and it just, it's so fun and it's so gratifying. And I feel like these are friends. These are people that are now in my community, my world, and they motivate me like so much. I mean, it just, yeah. I always tell people when they, when they say something lovely, I always tell them, oh, that hits my maker's heart, you know? <laughs> I love that. Hits my maker's heart. That is awesome. Yeah. And what yeah. kind of challenges have you or are you facing because you have a physical store? Because, you know, we hear all the time the headlines, retail yeah. is dying. And when we really look at it, it's not. It's just people aren't adapting to the technology piece of it. And it, it's That's very exactly in, right. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> so what challenges have you faced around having the retail? Well, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, but, you know, I flooded back in February. And, you know, since it's my retail store, it's my studio, you know, and my happy place, um, it was pretty challenging, you know, to lose a lot of materials and machinery and things that are really vital for me to sort of move forward. Yeah. Um, you know, if it had just been a store, it would just be some product and, you know, it would be time. And, uh, but, you know, that's kind of everything. So that the water was high, right? You had a ton of water. Yeah. In your store. I, had like, we're not... I yeah. had two feet in my store. Yeah, it was it was like a legit flood. It wasn't <laughs> wasn't a little seepage or right. a little drip here and there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't just me. It was our whole my whole community. I mean, we're all you know independent small local um you know merchants and business owners and makers and artists and so it was really devastating to the whole community and we sort of function um you know together as a community nobody really goes for one store or one business you know they go for that whole experience so when I reopened after I'd been rebuilt, there were no restaurants, you know, so it just, it was right. really challenging. Yeah. To sort of have people come, but then they couldn't eat lunch in here and they would have to leave. And so, you know, those are some of the challenges of physical retail is you're not just standing alone, you know, on an Island, you're not going to be the main draw. Right. Typically you're going to be relying on your surrounding tenants, the, the harmony of that mix of experiences and whether that works or not you know it's like we lost a few tenants gained a few tenants you know i mean so it it's that's been a real process um and you know i would say it's always a challenge when you are a small business you know funding and financing is the big hurdle i mean far and away um yeah i mean it's just always kind of a constant problem so you know, I definitely um, started with nothing, started on a shoestring. Um, so I was very fortunate that that I'm reinventing supply chain and okay. production methods and scalability. So for me, I have a different business model. Um, 
And this is sort of like the test. And yes. thankfully, you know, my first, pardon me? Oh, I was just saying, yes, yeah, totally. So, yeah, yeah, so so now, you know, it was um, one year in, and in my first year, I was putable. Um, and so I could see, okay, my little laboratory, you know, my ideas about production, about scalability, about making the profitability aspect, starting that way down at the, at the very moment of design and how things are with profitability in mind and finding a way, cracking the code on how to make affordable luxury products within the U.S. and better yet within Sonoma County. Like that yeah. is my front and forward goal. And I, yeah, and I, I, I know it's possible. I'm doing I'm it every day and I'm refining that, you know, message and developing more packs. And, and I really believe that, you know, I, I, I'm reinventing products and, and, and how they're made. And so I have a really big grand vision. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, but it's, it's really cool. Yeah to have that vision and to really try to get so specific that it's right in your local community. And it, it allows you yep. to open yep. up the doors to all those connections. And and so it's not just about you and your product. Now it's about you, your product and your neighbors and their products and their people. And it's just this yep. chain reaction that again, goes back to what you were just talking about with retail, that it's not just your store, it's the whole community around it and what brings people together it is i mean i source um you know vendors and and main people who can help me to scale up and produce and i do all that within sonoma county i just met with my incredible friends over at reclamation etchworks they're going to do some lighting for me and and you know they're an amazing local company and so I'm very much about my community, this community. I think Northern California has an aesthetic. Yes. We have a style, we have a vision. And I don't feel like anyone's ever really quite put those pieces together and off up in the form of products, lifestyle, sharing with other people how we live here in Northern California. And, you know, I have people who good friends who've moved from other places and they tell me Adele there's nothing like Sonoma County like you guys actually are a community yeah. yeah I mean my girlfriend she just came from Marin but she was like Adele nobody cares in Marin if I started a business <laughs> you know it's not that they're really everyone's doing something and they're busy but she's like here everybody cares like yeah. people want to buy a product made by another yeah. Sonoma County resident and so you know, people will come in my store and they'll go, oh, this looks like New York in school. And I laugh and I say, I'm here. Like, I grew up in Sebastopol, spent my whole life in Sonoma County. I'm a Sonoma County girl. And yes. I represent, I believe, certain modern aesthetics that's come about in the last 10 years and an appreciation for quality and stability and all of that. But, but in a simple manageable accessible way and things are beautiful but they're not overly complicated and and i feel like that's there's something to share with the world that is very uniquely sonoma county oh totally and let me ask you this because i know that 
as business owners, yeah. we're faced with hard decisions oftentimes, but you had the floods. Did you have that, that question of, do I reopen or do I just take this as a sign that I did what I needed to do and I just need to move on? No, I was always going to reopen. Oh, I love I, that. I, I might have. Yeah, no, I was never going to close my doors because of that. Uh, I did do what I will call due diligence on, yeah. okay, this would be the time to move. Should I move my business somewhere else within Sonoma County? Like what, you know, sure. uh, I did consider maybe Corinne or, you know, I, I looked around, um, but, you know, it just felt neat. And it felt like um, the Barlow is a, it's a special place. I mean, you know, I, I, there's with management and all of that kind of stuff and ownership, but the community itself, yeah, I really, would. there's a ton of female owned businesses there. I mean, oh, cool. I, I would wonder, yeah, I honestly would wonder if there's another a destination shopping district that has as many female-owned businesses as we do. I mean, it's really astounding. Um, so that part I love. Um, and do feel like there's no other destination like it that's, you know, locally, um, for sure in Sonoma County, but kind of NorCal proper. I and mean, it is an interesting collection of, you know, kind of heart and soul makers of food wine cheese spirits you know products art i mean it's it's special and yeah. i could feel that and i when i when i landed there i felt so fit. i mean not only is it just a beautiful you know sort of modernist kind of agriculture chic kind of but just my i mean to be in there every with light pouring in the glass garage roll-up doors and and the super high ceilings. I mean, I have a, a full bamboo tree in my shop because I have ceilings. I mean, oh, that's awesome. these are like the things that, yeah, I mean, they kind of fuel you as an artist and a maker. And it's important, it's vital that you're somewhere that energizes you, really juices you up. And for me, that's what, what that space is. And I just didn't feel like I was gonna find that kind of magic anywhere else. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I love it. I love my little space. <laughs> and that's the cool part, you know, and, and, and the fact that you did your due diligence, because that's the thing that I, you know, as business owners, we are faced with tough decisions and we do have to understand yeah. Yeah. when to say yes and when to say no. And I know that yep. even with my first business, I had a magazine business. I don't know if you know that. I can't remember if we talked about that, but I had a, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had back in college, I was finishing college and this is how crazy we are, right? Um, I was finishing up college and decided I wanted to work for Men's Health, a magazine, but they were based in New York and oh. I didn't want to leave Sonoma County because I love it here. Uh, and so yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was at Sonoma State and I was uh, working on the paper there as the photo editor and I still remember sitting in the office, looking out at the green grass and saying to myself, you know, I'm not going to move to New York, but I want to work for a magazine. So I'm just going to start one. And <laughs> I picked up a book. Oh, I love 
thinking. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. I picked up a book and I started reading the pages and I said, you know what? This is going to work. And the snowball effect went from there. And for two years, I had a, a magazine that I did print the first two issues as well as put all four of them online. So they're still available on my website. So wow, people can still experience them, but I'm going to check those out. Yeah. Yeah. It was called mix it up magazine and going back to the lifestyle chat. It that's what it was. It was going to be a one an exclusive, uh, well, not exclusive, but a, a basically all in one magazine uh, for lifestyle because mm -hmm. I included everything from business because that's my passion um to uh fashion to local things happening in the community to nightlife to volunteer to even sharing our stories from our parents and our grandparents like it is an awesome magazine and at any point i can bring it back um and so what happened was i did it for wow, two that's so cool yeah i did it for two years and I had to make that hard decision of, do I keep running this and really figure out how to pay bills? Because, you know, at the time I was finishing up college, but I was also working four part-time jobs and doing all of the things, yeah. which I didn't mind because that it was fun and it, the magazine was my passion. So it wasn't anything like it was extra. Um, yeah, but that's intense. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was intense. And, you know, after two years, I was like, okay, you got to come to terms, Ed, with is this just a hobby, an expensive hobby, or is this going to be a business? And I had to make that hard decision of closing the business, closing the first business, and realizing that it's okay because I can open up the box anytime and start where I left off. Yep. And and it yep. opened the door to so many other new things. And so tying it back into what you were saying, it, it's, it's making sure that we check in with ourselves and look at the situation and see what, what may have to change, what, what pivots we have to take in order to make it work for the best interest for us, as well as our um, audience and our community. Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you know, the purpose is to be continuously growing and learning. So anything that happens, any, um, whether it's hardship or obstacle or, you know, amazing success, you, instead of just sort of sitting in, whether it's negative or positive and just sort of getting circular, you've got to use it to grow, to yes. grow, to learn to let your thing, to pivot, whatever it is, it's like you're meant to move off of that moment and where are you going to move to? And and putting thought and energy into that, I think is like vital. And it's a constant process. I mean, it gets, um, I wouldn't say daily, but I think it's important that you're sort of continuously checking in, oh, reevaluating. Yeah. I mean, those big moments, you know, flooding and whatever really, really force you to do a big, you know, kind of, um, you know, kind of inspection. <laughs> yeah. But but I think that process just is best ongoing. And that's absolutely, I think, um, how you stay relevant, how you find when interesting endeavors. And yeah, I mean, I had a store in or on the town green when I first started makeups. And oh, really, you know, my yeah, yeah, my wholesale business kind of blew up. 
and my retail was underperforming and it was a gorgeous store. I actually spent the most money I ever spent on the actual build out of the store there, which still wasn't a lot because I'm a design on a dime girl, sure. but it was beautiful, but there just wasn't foot traffic. Um, but what, what nugget I did take away is that the minute I started making my own products, those outsold everything else. So I oh. got a lot of great information. So it was like, okay, I have a, a wholesale um, avenue that is working and my props within one month of putting them on the shelves are outselling everything else. Though it was a small sample, it gave me a lot of intel and it allowed me to go, okay, now I've got to pivot. And that's when I started um, partnering with Asuka. And that was, you know, like a great, um, experience to do these bigger wholesale orders, have my, my bags in, in all three of their Bay Area stores in this high-end environment. So yeah. it was great. What felt a little sad of closing that store moved me into a much better direction and, and then ultimately put me here, which is where I feel I should be with my little flagship store and, you know, building out my product carries and and really focused on my mission. So it was a it was an important step for sure. See, and that is how we have to look at it. I think too many of us yep. get stuck in the day-to-day, -day, the to-do list and the, the stress of all these things weighing us down that we forget to pause and reflect and really understand that it worked out for the best. And, and, we, and we only know that if we stop yeah. and look at the history. Yeah. I had a, a, a lovely experience, and I have this a lot. Um, these I have ladies who are very creative, and and they come in and they're like, "Wow, you're you're living my dream life. You have this creative business, you know." And I will have like, you know, just had a a, a really down moment, you know, <laughs> looking at my bank account, or you know what I mean? <laughs> yep, I and, I hear you. Come in and and remind me. Yes, they remind me that. You know, I have people that look up to and that I want to get to where they, you know, in their business. But there's also someone behind me that is looking up me. And yes. it's that reminder that you're just never there. You're always in process. And so that, that I get that reminder frequently and I'm full for it. And every time that happens, I just remember like, yeah, I mean, there was a time when I was sitting in my little store in Windsor, you know, feeling really down and now I'm here. So it's like nothing stays stagnant. It keeps moving and changing. And the trick is to just maximize and, and ring out those lessons and take them in and really tattoo them on your brain so that you don't forget that you've come from something, you've built something that not a lot of people can say they've done. And, you know, always remembering how, how fortunate we are to be able to do our own thing like that. I mean, really special. It, oh my gosh, yes, so true. And that is the beauty of entrepreneurship is that if we can look at that yeah. and understand that, we do, all of us, look at the bank account and we see a lot of disappointment oftentimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, we do. We have to re we have to look at something else that re reminds us that we are where we're supposed to be. We are doing what we're supposed to be doing and that 
it's not just about us. It's about the people that are yeah. looking at us who are so appreciative and so inspired by our work. I mean, I get that too in, in emails and texts and conversations in person. And it blows me away because they'll be from people that honestly, I didn't even know were watching me and they will come out of the woodworks and say, I know, right? Isn't that yeah. the best? They come out of the woodworks and they tell you, you know, I just have to tell you, I really appreciate what you're doing and you're so inspiring. And it always seems to happen, like you said, on the days where you're just feeling a little yeah, deflated and you're just like, what, universe, give me something because I'm about to go back to a nine to five and I really don't yep. want to do that. <laughs> yep, I know. It does. It finds you at the right moment. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really, right now, my, my big takeaway is like feeling boohooey about, about the flood and all that. Like I'm, I've moved past that. And I feel like I figured out the takeaway from that one. And it is that I need to um, juice up my webs and get more eyes on um, and get my e-commerce really cooking. Like yeah. that's the lesson because if my store floods, I have this other revenue stream and this other visibility and that is really just, you know, flood proof. <laughs> right. So it, it's, and it's what I needed to do anyway, but this experience really, really enlists that fact and just lets me know that that's the thing to work on next to Dell. Like that's the job. And, and so I love it's, that that it's was good, your what takeaway. I need to do. Yeah, and I love that that was your takeaway yeah. because it is so important. And this is what, you know, especially local businesses in general, but established business across, across the board need to understand is that that's where you have to bridge both the online and offline worlds is through your website, yep. through social media, giving those experiences and making sure that if something happens to the store, you can still keep running the business and, and you're not crippled. And, and yep. you, if you have to move for some reason or whatever the case may be, you still have the business and it's still able to move with you where you go. And that's the important part it's vital it's vital it really is yeah i mean just sitting in a store and waiting for people to come in is just a very um it's a different era not the era we're in and that's kind of you know what i look at retail like back in 2011 when i was featuring other u.s makers i could really see i was like wow this model is not gonna work going forward like buying someone's product marketing and reselling I was like, this is not a long-term viable option anymore. And so I was like, I own my product. I have to be original. I have to control the pricing. I have to control my cost of goods. Like everything has to be within my control. And, and that's the way forward. So I could see that back then. And it's really just reinforced every year for me that, that, that I'm on the right track, that, that I am able to kind of make those shifts from retailer to maker, you know, and, and, and now hopefully to like e-commerce warrior. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> And how has social yeah. media played a role in your business? Because that I know you're on Instagram and, and you post a lot there. How has that played a role? 
Well, you know, initially um, I felt like, oh God, it felt like another thing to do. And I, I felt, it felt heavy. And I was like, oh, you know, I have to post every day. How am I going to do this? And and then I was like, okay, Adele, you have a creative brain. Um, you have to find a way to make this a creative expression, an artistic creative expression, not a job. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to an interesting fun way photographing my products gonna just focus on that and not tell myself that I'm creating content or any of that like I'm just gonna you know make thing that I think is beautiful walk around Merlot find some beautiful lighting whatever it is and really kind of hone in on just taking a great image that's that I that I would be proud of so I kind of started there and then the posting every day became easy and it became fun. And um, I love my iPhone mode. Yes. <laughs> and I ordered up a, a couple, yeah, I ordered up a couple lenses from Moment and, and, you know, and they've been, that's really helpful to just, you know, kind of exploring just what can my iPhone do, you know? And, and so that made it really fun for me and it kept me engaged to do it regularly. Um, I, I will admit I fell off a little bit like during the flood and post flood to get back into that groove of daily. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, as much as you put your work out for other people to see, I actually love it kind of the reverse for me personally it serves as a portfolio so it's a little bit going back to that idea of like a mark of where I started how come I use it all the time especially like I lost a lot of my patterns um, during the flood and I work old school they're paper patterns you know and, and so I had to recreate some older designs it was because I have this lovely catalog of images um, that I could do that that it really helped and ultimately I ended up refining my patterns so I mean that's another sort of little sideline and you know when you have to sort of take another look at your business or create some elements or whatever you end up the, the the designs ended up better and i was better for it so yeah. you know it's hard to see that that happens but i think it happens a hundred percent of the time i really do anytime there's some challenge like that you really do come through it in a better place so for me the social media was this great catalog and i could reference it and and I could, you know, kind of remember like, oh, wow, I get the color way and that was so pretty. You know, if you're if you're far enough away from it, then things look fresh. And so that was, yeah, that for that. But I also love, just like I mentioned before, just that community. I mean, during um, when I was recovering from the flood, it was my maker community who, you know, reposted my GoFundMe and, oh, yeah. um, you know, like, sent me so much love and that definitely juiced me up and got me through i mean it was so so thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode dive deeper into the conversation with this guest as well as others by going to yes to entrepreneurship.com forward slash podcast. Over there, you will find a list of all the previous episodes. And I hope 
that you'll continue to share out this podcast. And please be sure to leave a review in iTunes so that way others can discover this show and be able to realize they are not alone and that they have somebody they can count on to provide value and motivate and inspire them to keep moving forward. Together, we can make it happen. And like I always say, teamwork equals success. So go out there and do something great because why not?